Hi, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to The Ringer Podcast Network. Up on our site, The Ringer has just published their first ever fantasy football rankings. Our NFL experts, Danny Kelly, Robert Mays, Danny Heifetz, and more, rank and analyze the top 150 players in 2019 with printable and mobile cheat sheets to take with you wherever you're drafting. To check out our rankings and for more preseason coverage, listen to the Fantasy Football Podcast or head over to theringer.com. to the new season of Ringer FC. We are back. I hope everyone had an amazing summer. The Premier League is back. It doesn't really feel like it should be back. The summer went by quickly. I'll be honest with you, I watch very little football other than the Women's World Cup. But the Premier League season is back on Friday. Liverpool kick off the season at Anfield against newly promoted Norwich City. There's a bunch of other games this weekend, including the marquee matchup Manchester United and Chelsea. The transfer window actually just closed within an hour ago, I guess. So might be some deals trickling in uh, at the 13th hour. David Luiz is going to Arsenal. Anyway, before we get into the season, we have to have a preview. We are obliged to do a preview. But we're going to do something new this season. Instead of going just team by team, predicting the table, we're going to gamify it. We have a new game. It's called the PPP. And what does the PPP stand for? The Premiership Points Pool. Now, you fans of the Ringer probably know the NFL team did a similar thing in which Ringer staffers selected NFL teams in a draft order. And then at the end of the season, the staffer with the teams that had the most cumulative wins won the pool. Am I explaining this correctly, guys? Uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so basically, we're doing the same thing for the premiership. There's five of us in here. or I'll introduce them in a second, or they'll introduce themselves. Each of us are going to have four teams, since there's 20 Premier League teams. Uh, we had a random draft order. The NFL draft order was kind of weird and wonky. Like, I don't really know how they figured it out. I asked Zach Cram how to do it. And since Zach Cram knows everything, he said, it makes sense to have five people and you can randomize the order. So that's what I did. So basically, each of us are going to pick four Premier League teams in a draft order. And at the end of the season, whoever has the most cumulative points will win something. And we'll get into that later. And all of our teams are going to show up on Ringer's IG or on a social feed. So you guys can keep up with us. We'll do quarter season updates, mid-season updates. And then at the end of the season, the winner will be crowned. Who will lift the trophy? We'll find out. So anyway, to that end, I'm joined by four of my illustrious colleagues. They're sitting around me. There's one remote on the telephone. State your name. Gangsters, I'll start with you to my left. This is uh, Connor Nevins, senior editor at The Ringer, first time pod, and uh, very excited to be here with you, Don. First time pod. Yeah, <laughs> confetti falls. Uh, Micah Peters, uh, the, the um, you know, the one away striker, um, <laughs> the, the the loud mouth, whatever you want to call it. I'm here too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh this is Shocker Saman. I've been called many things, very few of them good. Uh, many, many Higuain. by Donnie. Sh- <laughs> guys, I got to shake that one. Come on. Come on. That's the meanest thing either of you have ever said to me. Actually, can I, I ask, hard now. where does Higuain play? Where is Higuain right now? Who does he play uh, for? His loan with Chelsea ended. So I guess he's back in Italy. He's back, he's back at Juve. Yeah. Right? I mean, there was some talk of him going to Roma, but I just don't know how they can make it work. Yeah. Okay. So Higuain to my right. Shaka Saman. And then from phone in D.C. Hey, what's up, Miles Surrey? Um, yeah, I'm in my war room at Audi Field. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Me and Wayne, we're going we're gonna to get this thing going. <laughs> Darby County manager? <laughs> yeah, no, he, he said he's excited. But um, yeah, apparently Ozil might come here and open a coffee shop at Audi Field. That's apparently one of the things that's in play. Are you serious? I know Ozil's been talking yeah. to DC United. It's going to be called Bug-Eyed Grounds. What do you think? Coffee shop for Ozil? Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, um, I'm just going to take a lap after that one. going to walk that one off. I'm here all night, folks. Sorry, we're about to do our PPP, Premiership Points Pool. I'm trying to make it a thing. Are we sticking with the, with, with the PPP, PPP acronym? I kind of like it. PPP. It's alliterative. No, you don't like it? I, you know, let's just... Let's just I mean, look, technically, we'll we'll technically it would be PLPP. So that's why I did premiership. But in shorthand, it'd be prem, prem points pool. 
You know, and I feel I mean, like we're, anyway, we, we're, we're spending too much time yeah, on the PPP. We're getting a little right. off track, but let's quickly talk about the stakes before we go into the draft order and the draft. This was my idea, and I want to workshop it with you guys. I think that the winner of this PPP should get to pick a shirt, and I specify current season shirt, so they can't pick like 1987 United. A current season shirt, and not only get the shirt, but also get it customized with the name and number of his choice. And then the losers have to scrounge their money and Venmo each other or whatever and buy it for them. So that's like a couple hundred dollars. I look forward to If it's to an authentic. A, I look forward to a Chelsea jersey that says Donnie eat the cleat on the back. <laughs> yeah. Well where played. Are we at on the, where are we at on, on that? Hmm? I well, mean, like, as I'm saying, like, you know, I, I feel like it's, it's kind of not a thing that we can, we can't introduce new stakes if the old stakes have yet to be met. Wow. We're really getting off track. Connor, what do you I, think? I will, the only thing I would quibble with is if it has to be the from this current season, because I do think like the idea of having a throwback from the uh, throwback king, Shocker, from Ooh. some kind of like, yeah, 1992 Newcastle. <laughs> I mean, I could go with that. <laughs> Wait, Miles, what do you think about the shirt stakes? Um, I mean, I already know what I'm doing. Danny Drinkwater, Burnley jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I read that he's wearing number eight. Good because how, how many Perfect. of the new current kits are we really excited about, if we're really being honest? Well, one would assume that we would all choose the team that we support. Connor and I are Arsenal fans. Micah, of course, United. Shocker and Miles are Chelsea fans. But I mean, you, you could get a Sheffield United shirt. Who knows? I mean, like you could get whatever you want. Palace third. It's... It's up to the winner. I think I'm gonna. I, I would. I would want a Palace Zaha jersey, so it's worth like a billion dollars when he eventually <laughs> goes on to a better club. <laughs> I'll go out and get like a, a QPR shirt that just says Aguero. <laughs> oh, that's kind of tight. Well, anyway, as, as the host, I'm gonna determine what the stakes are. But listeners, if you have an opinion, one eight hundred two two three nine seven nine seven. Call us and let us know. All right. So we did a random draft order. I say random because I use literally randomizer.org or one of those websites. Uh, there was no tomfoolery. These guys didn't witness it, but they believe me, right? I'm very pleased with my order. Well, the yeah, you I would the, be. I, mean, this. I got the top pick. I'm thrilled. Okay, so basically I put everyone's surname in alphabetical order into this random generator. And the draft order it spit out is first, picking first, Shocker. Your picking future s- champion. Picking second, Connor. Picking third, Micah. Picking fourth, Miles. And bringing up the rear in fifth, myself. So before we get into the draft, let's just quickly talk about the draft. Shocker, so you have the first overall pick and then also the 10th, 11th, and 20th. How do you feel about that? Uh, As long as I can go through and figure out who the heck is going to finish better than 10th and 11th, I'm going to be fine because the way I see it, everything between 8th and 19th is a crapshoot. Those teams could finish literally anywhere. Yeah, that's fair. Connor, 2nd, 9th, 12th, and 19th. I mean, you can't complain if you have the top two. The fall off after that is going to be pretty unpredictable, I would think. Uh, I, you know, when it comes to the nine and twelve range, there's a couple of teams I'm excited about. I'm just kind of worried to make sure that they're still available. Right? Um, do I do I reach for my uh, team at nine, or do I hope that they're still there at twelve? It's right. And I know this has no bearing on this year per se, but the teams that finished second, ninth, twelfth, and nineteenth in last season's table, had you selected them you would have won this thing because they fit totaled the most points. Which is irrelevant in terms of this year. It's so. totally irrelevant, but I figured <laughs> sure. I would do it. Yeah. I don't need that kind of pressure before we <laughs> but, even But, you know, started. like, you know, going off of that, if we were using that exact same metric, I would have finished last yeah. last season. Because <laughs> I now have to figure out exactly the, 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 the 8 to 19 crapshoot range is like where I have to be better than everybody else, which is going to be difficult. Yeah, so Mike, Micah has 3rd, 8th, 13th, and 18th. And Miles, you have 4th, 7th, 14th, and 17th. So you don't have a team in the relegation zone. Or you have a, you know, you could pick a team yeah. that might not get relegated. But, so. No, I think, I think Micah and I have it rough. Uh, if one of us wins, it's kind of like Leicester 15-16. So we'll see what happens. I see what you guys are doing. And then I have 5, 6, because we're snake style, which is great. 5 and 6. So I have two teams in the top 6. And then 15 and 60. Actually, I, I'm going to win. For sure. Donnie's probably going to win. No. I mean, if you wow. think about it, last year, I we're did zero here. research, the, the, but I'm going to win. The commissioner uh, winning the league. Hmm. I wonder that this, hmm. I'm no rubbing collusion. my chin pensively. Okay. So without further ado, the inaugural ringer PPP, we are making it a thing. It's the PPP. Shakar Saman, you have the first overall pick. I have a guess on who you might be selecting, but you have the conch shell. It's you. Uh, with the first pick in the inaugural Premier League points pool, who else would it be? It's got to be Manchester City. Gasp! Whoa, what an us- <gasps> upset. Right? No, it's 
Their last two seasons have been statistically the two best seasons in Premier League history, 100 points and then 98 points. They lost no one really of note in the summer transfer window. They added what I believe to be the best purchase of the summer in Rodri from Atletico Madrid, who's a natural successor to Fernandinho and might even slot in next to him or in his place over the course of the season. Um, Jao Cancelo, I think, is a fun purchase. Angelino from PSV Eindhoven. Like, they... They just keep getting better despite being arguably the most successful team over the last two years in the history of the sport. I, I don't see any situation in which they don't at least finish top two, probably number one, because if we're talking about you know legendary seasons, Liverpool had one last year too. They had the, uh, the third best statistical season in the history of the sport, and they still lost to City. Um, I'm feeling pretty good with my number one pick. Oh, yeah, he had to give like a five-minute defense for picking Manchester City. <laughs> <laughs> I, have to, I have to cleanse my soul, guys. Like, I, Yo, Can I ask you a question about Rodri? Since I don't know that much about him, I know mm-hmm. he came from Atletico. Everyone's saying that that's kind of like the savviest transfer buy of the season. I mean, Is it just because he's going to City and because Pep chose him? Remember like Arsene Wenger would pick players and you're like automatically you think they're good just because— no, I mean, like, if you've watched uh, just some of him playing, I mean, like, he's, in terms of what Fernandinho, do, the job that Fernandinho does for City, um, kind of being something like a destroyer, but also a bit of a string puller, Rodri is both of those things, and he's kind of like Sergio Busquets, but also like Fernandinho, and he's only 23. He's athletic, too. I think that was yeah. the one thing you saw in the Community Shield, where he he can— he can boss around that midfield and cover a lot of ground in a way that Fernandinho just hasn't been able to do. Um, and that's a position that's been a position of need for them for a couple of couple of transfer windows now. I think the only thing that, I mean, to Shocker's point too, the only thing that you can really kind of see as being a, a weakness for them is the fact that they didn't really provide any cover at center back. And yeah, company yeah. went and, you know, you kind of got what you got from company for the last couple of seasons, but not bringing anyone in um, does seem like they are a little threadbare there. Center backs are... In high demand and in limited supply, it seems. I'll, I'll have one drawback from Manchester City this season. You know what that is? What's that? They moved from Nike to Puma. Real ugly jerseys. <laughs> Arsenal made Real a similar move when they went to Puma now. Thank God Arsenal's with Adidas. I guess I shouldn't, I mean, if Puma wants to sponsor us, but the City kits. Actually, you know what? City has like a commemorative kit that's really nice. It's just the plain sky blue. But their third kit and their away kit are atrocious. Donnie, are you saying you would prefer to eat a Nike cleat rather than a Puma cleat? Because we can <laughs> we can go out and get one of those. Miles, do you have anything to say about City? Um, honestly, how have we not mentioned that Scott Carson, Derby County Keepers, joining them on loan? That's the that's the move of the summer. Yeah, City's just picking up the Keepers because they got the MLS dude who's, who's what's the MLS <laughs> yeah. guy's name? He's so, on loan. They send him out on loan. Zach yeah. Stefan, yeah. yeah. So we'll, yeah. Ne- we'll never see him. All right, so with the number two pick, Connor. Not really any controversy controversy here. Liverpool, uh, I do not see them as overtaking City for number one, but the point differential between the two is probably going to be pretty negligible as it was last year. Really? You think it's going to be like 1.2 points like that? I feel like we're also kind of discounting the fact that like a lot of, well, all of Liverpool's front line was playing into July, like in terms of international football. Oh, like, AFCON, you know, the, Copa. Yeah, you're going to have like the kind of deflated performance in the first couple of weeks of the season. But which which gets that, you into the most important piece of business that Liverpool has done over the, over the uh, transfer window is just re-upping... Divakarigi, long-term <laughs> contract. I and mean, the who, Ox is back. Who, and the Ox is back. And I actually, like a new signing. <laughs> Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. I'm really interested to see where they slot him in because they they obviously stood pat. They didn't really make any, you know, the, the starting 11 is pretty much going to be what it's going to be uh, last year. You do see Joe Gomez kind of sitting in there and being as their, their, every, their starting center back alongside Van Dyke, which I think he's, gonna, he's a player that's kind of primed for a big breakout year. But the midfield three is... You have to think that that's going to stay pretty pat as Jordan Henderson, uh, Wijnaldum, and Fabinho, which is kind of how they played in the Community Shield and also where they ended last season for that run. I'm not really sure who kind of the first guy to break into that three is, um, whether that would be Oxlade-Chamberlain, whether that would be Naby Keita. Um, I think Oxlade-Chamberlain probably, to Micah's point, gets some time in that top three, mm. at least at the beginning. Um, because, yeah, there's just no way that you can bring those guys back. I mean, Mane was playing for Senegal in the African Cup of Nations final, what, July 19th? Um, So he only just got back. So I I think, you know, the depth is is there, though, especially with those guys coming back from injury. And, you know, there there weren't really any holes in that roster. So there was no need to really bring anyone in. Yeah, I I do think it's kind of a bold, let's run it back with the exact same team, essentially, strategy. And when City 
strengthened, as we mentioned. I, actually, we should mention with City that uh, Leroy Sané, Leroy Sané is out the whole season, or he has an ACL. No, no. It, it, yeah, I mean, it was, I very early reports. I think it was three to four months, but it was. They were about to sell him to Bayern anyway. Reportedly. Report. Reportedly. Reportedly. I mean, there's still time. Miles, do you think that Liverpool should have done something over the summer? Um, I mean, the problem is you don't really know where they need any more help. I feel like, yeah, when Ox comes back, he's kind of like a new signing. I think we'll probably uh, see a much better Naby Keita in his second season getting adjusted to the Premier League. Because I feel like that's the thing. You need that rotational depth, especially in midfield. That's a super demanding position with the way Klopp likes to play. But yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't question that pick at number two. And and I think it's a safe bet that they're going to sit in second at the end of the year. I wouldn't, I wouldn't undersell Oxlade-Chamberlain, too. I mean, we are kind of long-suffering Arsenal fans and held out a lot of promise for him. But I do think before he got hurt, Klopp, yeah, he had, killing it. Klopp had really found a way just to unleash him, just go out there and just kind of use his physical abilities and just, you know, and just really cause, create a lot of havoc. And I'm kind of curious to see where he fits into that because I, I don't think he's a natural natural to break into that midfield three. But I, I do kind of wonder if he's going to try to deploy him out. I agree with you, Connor. Line. I agree with you, Connor. But I think so far... At Liverpool, his greatest contribution to the club has been to its YouTube channel because he kills it. I mean, did you, he kills have it. you forgotten I'm, I'm about the frozen rope he hit from like 35 yards out of <laughs> Yeah, the, that was like, nice too, but the bants. It's always the bants. Yeah, it's always the bants. <laughs> I, think, I think we would be remiss too if we didn't uh, mention that it does seem as as of this recording that Daniel Sturridge is without a club, to which I say as a uh, as a newly uh, kind of LAFC MLS fan, come to MLS, Daniel Sturridge. <laughs> come <laughs> to death row. <laughs> My my question, just before we move on from Liverpool, y'all know Simone Mignolet only just left Liverpool this summer? Huh? Yeah, he was on the bench for the Community Shield. Yeah. Yeah. He only just went to Club Bruges. Wow. Wild. Well, they brought in, yeah. How the yeah. mighty of Cold world. Happy, tra- happy trails, Mignolet. All right, so now we're going to start to get interesting. Now the top two are out of the way. Everybody knows City and Liverpool are the top two. Although, in our Premier League entrance survey, which just went up today on TheRinger.com, great website, I picked not Manchester City and Liverpool in the top two, so click it and read what I what I predicted. Anyway, Micah, number three pick. Uh, with the number three pick, I will be taking Tottenham, um, Champions League wow. finalist. Shocker just season. made a face. <laughs> Champions League finalist last season. Um, also, they added to midfield. If you remember, like this, the fact that they had to play this kind of direct style. Um, with the injuries that they had in midfield and having to start Sissoko there, you know, when Deli Ali wasn't quite being himself, uh, Christian Eriksen had to do a lot of the a lot of the legwork. Are we still dissing Sissoko? We're not dissing Sissoko. I'm just saying that, like, if your first choice <laughs> <laughs> in latter stages of Champions League football is Sissoko, then you may or may not have an issue. And they added two midfielders in uh, Giovanni Lo Celso. And uh, Tengen and Dombele from Lyon that are midfielders that I think that they're the best midfielders that Manchester United could have signed. It's <laughs> like so. Anyway, like it's basically they have gotten better. Um, they didn't get Dybala. Nobody did because nobody could afford his image rights. Dybala to Tottenham was like the worst transfer rumor of this. It was summer. really funny nobody, because like, everybody was, knew that shit wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to happen because if you were paying attention to what was going on with Dybala to United or Lukaku to Juventus, like you saw all of the, the 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 things about the reports from Sky Italia being kind of like you know maybe a little fishy because yeah just Daniel like, Levy's gonna outspend United it was good yeah I was just like oh he's gonna pay the better part of three hundred and fifty k a week like nah like the Coutinho the Flip Coutinho loan deal option I don't know how much uh, substance there was to that but that was one that intrigued me um, but I just think that it kind of became too difficult because the Ericsson you know the Ericsson just news of him leaving just died down all right that's another yeah. guy that was supposed to move but didn't move yeah um you know he wants he's another guy that wants to go to spain eventually he will um also chris ryan favorite ryan Sessignon was also a, a transfer deadline buy mm. from fulham also a goodbye I, I think that they did really good business over the window despite not getting maybe the 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 pace that they might have wanted you know on the wings which is what they were more or less missing yeah, I mean, I, I've seen some pundits say that Tottenham actually had the the window of the Premier League or the best window, the best transfer season, what yeah. do you think? I was going to say, this is our first pick that naturally deviates 
uh, from what some of the projections are saying. Uh, 5.38, they released their full-season projections this morning, actually, uh, have Tottenham in a slight fourth uh, on their bet- or their rankings. Uh, but the betting markets, funny enough, have Tottenham in third and a team to be named later that is uh, 538's <laughs> yeah, number three what? pick yeah. all the way down at six. <laughs> uh, Miles, do you have anything to add about Spurs? Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think they had a really, really good window. I, I think the biggest question mark is now at right back. Not that Kieran Trippier was a really good defender, but you've got either Serge Aurier, who's a bit a uh, bit of a wild child, or Kyle Walker-Peters, who's really young and improving. So that could be uh, a weak link that could be exposed this season. Wait, who's starting at right back now for the Spurs? Either Serge Aurier or... Uh... Or um, Walker, Peters. Walker Peters. Wow, yikes. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, it was either going <laughs> to be, now that they have, it's just kind of, they had they had deficiencies in, in strange places last season because if you have Kieran Trippier bombing up and, you know, getting basically all of their services into the box, then having that hole at right back, you now have, you, ha- you now have two new midfielders that can help advance the ball up the field so that, that doesn't have to solely be the job of the right back. So I don't know. It's it's, it's difficult to call. I just want to press X to pay respects for uh, last season's Champions League hero, Fernando Llorente, who is now without club. Just the disrespect. <laughs> he was almost going to United <laughs> just because we could use any first-choice striker. <laughs> Come to MLS, Fernando. <laughs> no, the thing with Tottenham, too, is probably the biggest thing that they— the biggest replacement that they needed was a replacement for Moussa Dembele. Um, they just didn't have that kind of player who could just they could give the ball to and trust just to slow the game down and and open up open up space. And I think between Ndombélé and and Lo Celso, they're probably hoping to get most of that uh, production back. But from Dembele to Ndombélé, there we go. Wow. Just teed you up for that one. That's, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, editors, you mentioned guys. Kieran Trippier, right? Mm-hmm. So Kieran Trippier was much maligned last season. We discussed this on the podcast, and I was watching him in preseason with Atletico. I have a feeling, I don't even know how old Kieran Trippier is. He's probably in his like late 20s, right? Mid to late 20s? He's 28. 28. I feel like after a couple seasons with Simeone, he's, he, he is going to be uh, like a world-class. I mean, if he's not already, I mean, he's not world-class as a defender. I mean, he's a world-class maybe taker of free kicks. But I could just see him really thriving. He had a strange trajectory where I think his his performance, he was one of England's best players in the World Cup. And I think that that kind of inflated his value in a way or kind of elevated his his status in a way that, that maybe because he had he was really kind of, you know, he was the backup choice to um, Kyle Kyle Walker for a while. And kind of filled into that role too and made that look like really great business. So I think he kind of fell into that where how do you rate him? Is he overrated? Is he underrated? He kind of, so he'll, he'll do well there. Yeah, um, credit to him for going. Also, correct me if I'm wrong, he did that thing at the World Cup where he cut his jersey at the top to look like a Henley. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he did do that. <laughs> yep. All right, Miles, it's your pick. I was Honestly, I was kind of hoping to pick Spurs. I thought Micah would get all in, all up in his feelings and pick Man United, but <laughs> I'm going to do that and go with Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> Lamps is at the wheel. Um, but no, I actually, uh, I do, I, I would have picked them before anyway. The thing I'm excited about, even though um, we've had that transfer ban, um, we haven't been able to sign any new players. Um, I mean, Christian Pulisic's been brought in, but that was something we did uh, in the January window, then loaned him back to Dortmund for the rest of the season when we also retained um, Mateo Kovacic, who was on loan from uh, Real Madrid, uh, you know, we just bought him outright. But the thing that I'm excited about is uh, the team having a real earnest push toward uh, playing and developing the youth. So guys like Mason Mount, Callum Hudson-Odoi, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and Tabby, Tammy Abraham look like they're going to get serious runs in the squad. Um, and, you know, with David Luiz's uh, departure, I don't know if it's official official, but going to Arsenal is also a sign that, like, you know, Kurt Zuma and Andreas Christensen are going to be favored as well. Um, I, I mean, I I, do, I think we're going to have some speed bumps, but the youth looks promising. N'Golo Conte is going to be back playing as a holding mid, which is nice when he happens to be the best defensive midfielder on the planet. And Donnie, um, I know you're excited about the David Luiz signing, and he's a bargain, but if he had any hair left, he'd be ripping it out every time he sleeps and has a guy <laughs> go past him in the zone. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think fourth is a, a safe pick for them. 
Miles just said, so your preferred center back pairing is Christensen and Zuma. Well, Rudiger's going to get healthy. He'll probably replace one of them. Um, I think that's better than Louise and... Um, Papa Socrates <laughs> holding. <Mustafi. laughs> yeah, or Socrates, yeah. Okay. You're not a fan of Zuma? I like him, actually. I like him I, as a player. I, I, I'm surprised I they, like haven't, Zuma. they haven't given him more of a run. I mean, we're talking about Chelsea as the fourth pick, so, you know, but... And the thing that you have you haven't mentioned, too, is that... Or, I mean, you know, it's it's kind of obvious they've lost probably the best player in the Premier League for the last, in what, you know, Jack several Wilshire. seasons. Jack Wilshire? He's yeah. on Chelsea? Yeah. Danny Drinkwater. <laughs> God. <laughs> um, but Hazard, I mean, look, you, you know, the expectation is obviously that Pulisic, and when he's healthy, Callan Hobson Adoy can replace some of that production, but it's just not going to happen on a game-to-game basis. So they're yeah. going to have to get it from other places. Just quick sidebar. Kevin Clark mentioned this. I think Kevin Clark did, that so many English talent have hyphenated names. Hudson Adoy, Loftus Cheek. Give me one more. Walker's Peter, we mentioned earlier. Cameron Carter Vickers. Juan Bissaka. Yeah, James Ward Prowse. Uh, Cameron Carter Vickers is an American, but he plays in England, so I'm counting. And he's that. actually now yeah. not in the Premiership. Yeah, he's, he's playing. He's uh, got he got loaned out. to the Championship. Ooh, anyway, did he get loaned to. I don't remember. Just something to note. You're onto something there. <laughs> uh, but not Mason Mount, who actually has a really that's probably that's a top class name for a athlete. Mason Mount. Very, very strong name. He looked really good in preseason. Salt of the earth name. I'm looking at this projected starting 11 for Chelsea's first match this weekend against United, and it has Mason Mount penciled in over Pulisic. That's interesting. They'll probably be fighting. So who's playing on the wings in the projected? Willian and Pedro. Willian and Pedro. Tammy Tammy up top. Um, Well, we'll see. Actually, I'm surprised. I I figured we might start Giroud and um, (laughs) keep Abraham on the bench. I mean, I guess that's not even official, but... I think that's actually the biggest question mark is figuring out who's going to sort of uh, wrestle the number nine role. Because, um, you know, he also got Michi Bashwai in the mix. And even though he hasn't really proven himself at Chelsea, he's played well at spells like at other clubs. So we'll see what he does. All right. It's my pick. Fifth pick of the PPP. Everybody knows who I'm going to pick here. The Arsenal. <sighs> you know what's crazy? At the beginning of this summer, I wanted, you know, we were mentioning Arsenal's with Adidas now. I went to look to buy an Arsenal kit and I was looking to get it personalized, not with my name, but with a player name. And I was scrolling down the options and I really didn't want to buy anybody. Because I was like, I hate all of you. <laughs> so, so with your first pick, you're choosing a team. No, wait for it, wait for it. Actually, you know what? To be honest, the closest I was going to the two players I was looking at closely were Maitland Niles and Kalisinet. Wow. Yeah. Because I was like, you know, wow. these guys are like inoffensive. Well, Maitland I mean, Niles like, is you, like, you, you love would want to buy. I, I like, oh, Maitland Niles. <laughs> another Listen, I, You have thing. to buy Kalisinet off, off of the strength of him defending Ozil's yeah, that, that like, cemented G-Wagon. It. The from, knife fight cemented yeah. it. But <laughs> that was just the best defending all year, though. Yeah. That really was his. That's Miles, as good as his ne- I, never, I never heard that joke. Um, so. I say that to say this, since that day when I was scrolling through trying to buy a jersey, Arsenal have added a shit ton of people who are super cool that, whose jersey I want to buy. And uh, I, among the likes of Nicolas Pepe from Lille, Danny Ceballos, William Saliba is coming next year. We got David Luiz today, Kieran Tierney from Celtic, Gabriel Martinelli, maybe not so much. But, I mean, this has been... Probably the most excited Arsenal fans have been after a transfer window since I don't know. We got Murdersacker and all those guys at the after the eight eight two or whatever. Question: How do you feel about Nicolas Pepe and his one of his first interviews in an Arsenal shirt talking about Gervinho? You know, I knew that was going to come up <laughs> because, like Gervinho, he's from Lille, better hairline, um, also Ivorian. You know. He mentioned Gervinho, but he also mentioned Emmanuel Abue and Cole Torre, two players who, uh, Torre is a legend. So, you know, I mean, Gervinho is probably closest to him in age and he probably relates to him. And Gervinho, you know, I mean, he's become a laughingstock now uh, and he had a lot of, he missed a lot of sitters, but he wasn't a terrible player for the 11 million or whatever we paid for him. But anyway, that's beside the point. Pepe is what, he cost 80 million, most expensive player ever in club history. And... I think he's going to shine. And I think there's a lot of excitement going into the season because it feels like, especially with Louise coming in at the death, the needs have been addressed. 
you know, for the most part, it might be papering over their cracks, but at least the front office is making an effort to bolster the club. What say you, fellow Arsenal fan, Connor? Yeah, I, I think when you consider where Pepe probably by rights should have ended up or would have ended up. I mean, who knows if how it seemed like PSG might have been his preferred interest, but you know, you have to pay over the odds if you're going to get a player who's a Champions League caliber player, caliber player to play in a team that's not in the Champions League. You know, to be totally honest, you men like you, I just kind of watch the YouTube clips and you just kind of love everything that you see. Yeah. The prospect of him playing on that front three and kind of just, you know, playing alongside Sabalos and Ozil, whoever kind of plays in that number 10 central role. I'll be totally honest though, not to cut you off, but yeah. I really did prefer Zaha. And actually, when the Zaha rumors were getting really loud, that was the shirt I would buy. Zaha. Same. Yeah. Same. I, I, I've been on the Zaha kind of force his way too, through to the Arsenal for a, long, for a while, too. The one thing I would say, too, is that I'm actually, and I have nothing to, you know, substantial to base this on, but, you know, it, is there a possibility that either one of Lacazette or, or Abomiang end up moving somewhere, not obviously in the Premier League, but to another, to a, to a European team? Well, I saw this on Twitter, so you know it's true. I, I read that the both of them, Lacazette and Obama Yang, re-upped or are reing up or in the process of. Okay. I mean, take that for what it's worth. But um, I, you know, I, I think Emery's plan is to have all the offensive toys and not and not, you know, like getting these new players isn't signaling the exit of one of those two critical. Then, then it's a question players. of you know, is that is that a three? I mean, he was reluctant for a while to play. Aubameyang and Lacazette together last year. Yeah, I, mean, you I mean, think we saw Aubameyang on the wing a little bit in the preseason. And also, Alex Awobi was sold to Everton, also at the death. Um, Michael, what do you think about Arsenal's chances this season? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, when I really just go down the line about it, how confident do you feel about your defense? Yeah, I mean, it's a question that all... Arsenal fans are all neutrals had about is Mustafi and and uh, the fact that Koscielny just walked away. Sure, you would much prefer, but the thing is, is, like I think that you would much prefer having David Luiz over starting over Mustafi. I think that for sure. Would. I think David Luiz is because of his hair and because he makes like kind of high profile errors from time to time is underrated because of his hair. Yes, of his hair. <laughs> no, because he's kind of like a the sideshow Bob thing where it's like people just know him for his hair and not the amazing. Th- 60-yard passes he can I would ping. say people also know him from how he stepped on multiple rakes against Germany in the World we Cup. We need more of that. Oh, oh, oh. oh I thought you were going to say like, I thought you were going to say like stepped on ankles. more of stepped on rakes. I thought he was going to say stepped on ankles. I was going to... Yeah, we need more trombone solos. You know what though? I'll say this. I'll say this. I've said it before to other people that I think that like defense wins championships and of course I think Arsenal know that the, the defensive back line needs to be overhauled and they're doing that. We mentioned they bought Saliba who, if YouTube highlight reels or anything to go off of, is the next Van Dyke. Uh, but I feel like, you know, like in the NFL draft, we always talk about, or NBA draft even, it's like there's needs and then there's best player available and sometimes it's like the best player available is the route to go and I think that's what they did with Pepe and I think it's like they're playing to their strengths. And also, just as a fan, it's like if it's 5-3, 5-2, losing 4-2, I don't give a fuck if it's exciting and it's fun. You know, I'd rather do that than win like Dower 1-0. Defensively, if Rob Holden comes back and if Rob Holden is kind of a, a center back that you can count on for the next four or five years that you can foundationally build around, then you throw, you know, Socrates or you throw Luis next to him and see see how it goes. Can I cut you off for a second to say that did anybody watch the halftime segment on NBC where Rob Holding and Carmelo Anthony were breaking bread? Uh, Wait, what? What? There's, no. there's a, you it can, might be you on. Be messing with me right now. It might just, be on YouTube. I think it was the Real Madrid Arsenal match, maybe. But at halftime, they did a segment where Carmelo checked in on Rob Holding's rehab, and all I could think in my mind was like, "Get away from him, Rob! Get away from him!" Check checked in how? Paid him a it was visit. like an interview segment where Carmelo was interviewing Rob Holden holding about his rehab. So maybe Carmelo's second gig or next life is life coaching. NBC soccer pundit. Yeah, I, um, I feel like that's uh that's really in the same vein of Kobe Bryant telling Jason Tatum to shoot more mid range jumpers. <laughs> All right, so let's keep it moving. Arsenal is my fifth pick. It's back to me for the sixth pick. I'm staring at the name Manchester United, and yet I'm hesitant because I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is getting the hook getting the sack before the new year which also means though they might turn it around with the new manager bump just do it don't be a coward <sighs> break up the I mean top don't six. look at me here I'm, we go I'm not gonna 
with, with, with the sixth pick in the PPP, I'd take Everton. Wow. Wow. I'm fucked up about that because I was going to take that. <laughs> I'll let one of you guys talk about Everton. <laughs> I just oh. wanted to choose Everton. Oh, that you, so you, okay, all right. So do you know anything about the stuff that they've done in the transfer? I know they got far? my, I know they have my son, Alex Awobi, but uh, they also have Moise Keane, you know? Um, They did lose Adrisa Gay, who's kind of like their, their, their engine to PSG, uh, but they added... Um, they made a lot, they did a lot of smart business over the window. I think, uh, they signed Andre Gomez on a permanent deal. They signed Fabian Dell from Manchester city. They got Moisa Ken from Juventus. They've been a, you know, they've been a team and partially this is by virtue of having so many managers. They've been a team of just mismatched parts, yeah. especially in midfield where you kind of look at it and you're like, Oh, he's good. Gilfie Sigerson. Great. You know? And then you see him on the field together and you just realize how much it doesn't work. And, I do agree with Mike a little bit that you 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 can see the shape of a starting eleven take the take shape there where you're kind of like oh okay I could see them I could see them kind of really causing a lot of problems. Moise Keen, it's Ken, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's the thing is that I've heard it pronounced Kien, um, but it's uh, I'm pretty sure it's Moisa Kien. Moisa Kien, well, however you pronounce his name, he cemented his legend when in that match for Juve when he was getting racially abused, and then he did that little standing in front of the crowd like and they haven't had i mean when's the last have they had a, a proper number nine since lukaku left well actually they have a new number nine because calvert lewin another hyphenated name has changed his number to number nine pretty bold right yeah i mean like they had calvert lewin but like after the summer they signed sigurdsson uh they got rooney they had a they had like this loose amalgamation of like number tens and number oh, eights, yeah, but J- nobody uh, that jenk jenk yeah, it's Cenk Tosin, Tosin. Yeah. who I, who I mean, like, yeah. oh man, who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin then had to be the kind of like you know the person that injected all the pace into the attack. It was weird. It didn't exactly work. Um, Wayne Rooney was still doing a lot of the heavy lifting, but I mean, like, if you have you bring in somebody like Moisa Moisa Kien, who scored what sixteen goals for Juventus last season, fourteen, a lot, yeah. Uh, Maybe he replicates that in the English Premier League. I, I have no idea. But, I mean, like, he's an exciting addition. Yeah, I also think Marco Silva, the manager, I guess this is now his second full season with the club. I think he has that kind of ambition and drive. I mean, I guess we could say the same thing about, like, Via Bo- Andres Villas Boas and other ma- young managers that have flamed out. But I see something in his eye where he's, like, he's on, he's on that second or maybe 2A tier of managers in the Premier League, and I know he wants to go to the pep level. Maybe he can do it now that they've spent all this money. Everyone's looking at me quizzically for making that statement. But all right, let's Wild keep it. Wild pick. Wild pick, he says. I'm, I'm right. just wondering how far Manchester United's going to fall now. Yeah, Miles, you're up, number seven. This, this messed me up because, I mean, I, I was just assuming you are going to pick Man United. Um, but I'm, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a coward. I'll pick Man United. Nice. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Do we need to say anything about Man? U- Let's talk about Harry Maguire for the next ten minutes. Do we need to talk about him for a whole ten minutes? <laughs> well, I think Aaron Wan-Bissaka is, is the better purchase there. I mean, like people talk all the time about how you know fullbacks are, uh, you know, some of the most important players in modern football, and they got a young, talented right back from Crystal Palace. He was their player of the season, beating out Willie Zaha. So, uh, yeah, like from what I saw from the last season, he looked really good. Um, they definitely overpaid for Maguire, but um, I-, I think, you know, if he puts together a strong pairing with um, Victor Lindelof, they could be pretty formidable. I honestly, I didn't prepare much for Man United because I assumed they wouldn't be available. But um, no, I mean, yeah, like really the, the, the price tag on Eric Maguire is not about whether or not he was, you know, second in the league in aerial challenges one or whatever that whatever the stats are. He's a good ball playing center back. Um, and he's solid and he's young, which is like what we were purchasing was continuity. Like you're paying to see less of Phil Jones and Chris Smalling, not for not necessarily just for Harry Maguire. And the thing is, is that at the at the like there's kind of like so Australia, you can see the beginnings of what he's trying to build anyway. And it's just like, 
the problem with United was just so much that like their defense, it's not so much that it was bad as it would just cease to exist for 15 minutes at a time. So if you are, you know, they, they spend a lot of money on their back line. But the thing is, is that we're starting a season and Ashley Young is not starting. Antonio Valencia is not starting. (laughs) Chris Smalling is not starting and Phil Jones is not starting. And that is cause for celebration. (laughs) I, I have a question is, uh, would you like to see Anthony Martial and Marcus Rashford play together up top? Just bring back a 4-4-2 and just have the two of them play as forwards together. I would. I think that we're actually going to see that away from home a lot because Solskjaer does play two strikers up top pretty often away from home. Like uh, it's the way that I think he wants to play is like a four-three-three, and then sometimes it's a you know the the, the formation changes slightly, but. Yeah, I mean, like, I would like the two of them to work out together. I just think Mar- Martial is a player that is, is there's so much more there to be in terms of talent, and there's there's just more goals, there's more production that... There was more with Lukaku before he left. I mean, like, yeah, it's yeah. just that, you know, it is a, it's just a, a lot of cases of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. I really keep coming back to, like, what Jurgen Klopp said before the last time that United played Liverpool last season, where he's just kind of like, player for player, United could, like, is up there with the best teams in the league. It's just the fact that none of those players fit together. <laughs> yeah, I think you spent so much time talking about Pogba for, for good reason and Alexis Sanchez and, you know, Maguire, you know, it, it, for, for, with the price. But you think about guys like, you know, Luke Shaw and, and Martial, players whose confidence was pretty clearly just eroded, utterly broken, yeah. just destroyed. And, and Solskjaer's job is to make those kinds of players better. Yeah, you know, you you got to figure out a solution for Pogba and these things, but like you have to make the pl- those players, you have to raise their level and make them serviceable starters. Yeah, a- it's just that you know, also, but then you come back around to Nemanja Matić or the the corpse of Nemanja Matić is going to be playing major <laughs> minutes this season. Scott McTominay is the second best midfielder on the roster. <laughs> can and I just United cut fans were crying about just, Andrew Herrera leaving. Can which, I cut cut in to say that the corpse of Nemanja Matić, as Micah said. I tweeted this earlier this summer when I asked Micah who I represent. <laughs> if the ringer were united, he said Matic, and he just called him the corpse. You Listen, frequently you, call me Gonzalo I don't understand. Higuain. I won't hear any of why you. I like. I don't understand why you keep giving me openings. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna have to zip through the drive really quick. I have a couple things to say about United really quickly, though. We mentioned Lorente. We mentioned Origi earlier. The thing about United is they don't have. I mean, I, I thought they were in for Mandzukic, possibly. That didn't happen. There's an no, out-and-out striker. Yeah, there's no plan B. I mean, like, how many points did Liverpool and Spurs with Lorente, even if we joke on Lorente, they got points at, you know, throwing a big 6-4 guy at the end just to not home a set piece and steal a draw. Yeah, they don't even have Fellaini to do that either, which is what they used to do under Mourinho. You know, I, that's my rule of football. You got to have somebody that can head the ball. I mean, I guess you got Slavhead. Yeah, we got Slavhead. Yeah, we throw Slavhead up there. Have, I mean, Lester have, used to do that yeah, shit. So. All, all I'm hearing here is an argument for Succession's Nicholas Braun to be the new target man at Manchester United. <laughs> yeah. six I, before we get off United, I have a final question for Micah. Do you think, what are the odds of Jesse Lingard, after his first goal this season, doing a woe? Um, wow. This is going to be woe wars between Moise Kien <laughs> and, uh, and, and Jesse Lingard. I, I think it's going to be a real back-and-forth type deal. For the for the whole season for the woe title. All right, Micah, you're up. Number eight. Uh, at number eight, I'm going to take last season's kingmakers, Wolverhampton Wanderers. I think that they are going to, as you saw in the entrance survey, I think that they're less likely. They might even break into the top four. Who knows? Um, I'm eating another cleat if that happens. <laughs> Wait, can, okay, you sure about that? Yeah. Are you I'm sure. sure? I'm sure. Are you I absolutely think, sure? I think wolves are going to precipitously fall off. This, this isn't season. a double or nothing. Second like, season syndrome. If it happens, I think you that have they to just made a lot of. If it doesn't happen, you still have to eat one cleat. <laughs> I mean, uh, biggest biggest name in is Raul Jimenez from Benfica for thirty million. But I mean, like they also have been making some very smart moves about sort of what Everton was doing last season with Adamola Lookman is just taking players that are on the bench for slightly better teams in other leagues, which I think is smart business if you are on the bubble in that 8 to 19 range. And they've continued their strategy of just buying every good every Portuguese player. Every single good Portuguese player. And Nuno Espirito Santo, man. I just... Yeah. He, he he still looks like Cervantes from Soul Calibur, <laughs> and he's he's <laughs> still a great... Still, I, 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 I love Nuno Espirito <laughs> Santo, man. So my biggest concern with Wolves, though, is 
um, having that Europa League uh, qualification, like ha- basically doing the that Europa will be League. Difficult. They was actually played step. today. Yeah. They they played and they were up three nil I think at the time of recording they had a Europa League qualifier today on top transfer four, deadline book it. <laughs> top four all right let's keep it moving Connor number nine this is a real uh, uh, the Everton selection kind of threw me for a loop a little bit so I have a very yeah, kind of same I have a very hard <laughs> that was the head. point guys Johnny trolling an entire group of people <laughs> I've never heard that it's not a troll I want a new shirt ever. Uh, you know my my head here says uh, Leicester City but I'm gonna go with my heart if you bear with me and I'm gonna say Watford. What? Ooh. What? Ooh. <laughs> is that Danny Welbeck influence? Danny this, is, this, is, this is the year. This is the year that Danny Welbeck figures it out. Figures it out. Figures it it out. I, I will say that I, I did see that one thing Watford. Uh, Watford are in that great place because they their players have managed to be far enough below the radar that they do not get po- they haven't been poached as much by the bigger clubs. I People mean, wanted Decore bad. Decore is one that I am I'm shocked nobody kind of made a stronger move for him. Uh, I saw that they picked up Ismail Asar, uh, and I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly from Ron. And he was he was a guy that I think came in there uh, as a replacement um, at some point for for when Dembele moved on. But he's a really really talented winger. I, I think that forward that forward four the possibility of a forward four of Troy Deeney, Delafeo, Sar, and my man Danny Welbeck is is what I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna hold on to that and root for that. They this have Andre year. Gray too, right? Yeah, yeah. They haven't they haven't uh, they haven't had a whole lot of movement, but I am. Um, does the league produce any crap wingers? They're like every winger they have is like forty million pounds. I mean, the the lower tier hazards aren't great, but <laughs> I mean, yeah. this dude Saar yeah. was like, how much was Saar? He was he was like Sorry. something like forty was, million, and he played for Ren. He was about yeah. He's he's. he's a, I mean, he's. I have no idea how he plays or anything about him, but he's he's big. He's fast. He's two footed. I mean, he's 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 a really really talented kid. Uh, talented kid. He's still young too. Um, and half of Pepe's cost. Maybe we should have got him. It's 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 possible. We'll be you'll be we'll be eating our words, but <laughs> but I love I love I love that Danny Welbeck ended somewhere. I hope he stays healthy. So this is very much an emotional uh, emotional plea, and I will happily uh, I will happily take that one on the chin if it doesn't come to pass, as it has not for the last however many years. <laughs> Watford also managed by Mike D of the Beastie Boys. <laughs> uh, okay, let's go on. 10. Um, 10 and 11, actually. So I've got a, All right, got, we're past the halfway point. To, to quote my man Ian Carmel, I've got the hot corner here. Uh, I am thrilled that you took Watford because Watford, that leaves me with two picks I was really hoping to get here. I'm going to go number 10. I'm going to just list them both at the same time. We're going to have a little yeah, combined discussion. Let's do it. Number 10, I'm going Leicester City. And number 11, I'm going Crystal Palace. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I mean, you had me in half of that. So let's we'll start, we'll, <laughs> we'll start with Leicester here. Leicester... I mean, seal the signing of your Tielemans. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, Ayosi Perez, I think from Newcastle, is a nice buy as a second striker. Um, Prayat from Sampdoria, I'm not sure I'm saying that right, for like 21 million euro. The Belgian? Yes, the Belgian. Um, I really like those. Uh, they kind of bolster an attack. Uh, yeah, they lost Harry Mags, who that'll obviously hurt when one of the best defenders in the entire league leaves. But as a whole, I think Leicester is a team. I'm not saying they're going to, you know, do what they did a couple of years ago and make this miraculous run. But I think they're up there with Wolves as a team that I could totally see breaking into the top six. Yeah, and that's they also have Brendan Rodgers, you know? Yeah. Like Marco Silva, very ambitious, young yeah, manager. Yeah, seasoned manager still, though. You don't really have to defend the Leicester pick. That makes sense. No, so the, want, the Leicester yeah. pick was one that was tough <laughs> yeah. for me to move off. Yeah. I, I will say, though, I, I, am, it, it, I do find it it's curious that that they would not have prepared a replacement for Maguire, knowing that you know if City was in on him and, and United were essentially in a bidding war, that at some point the the number would have gotten to a point where they had no choice. Yeah, I guess maybe in January. It is a little scary though that their center back hopes hinge on thirty five year old West Morgan staying healthy and leading the line. So yeah. um, not Johnny Evans. I, I actually, I do think it's a well, yeah, that's new. I do think it's a great pick though. I mean, uh, I was going to pick them at seven if they were available then instead of United. So. I, I I do want to know why you picked Crystal Palace. Yeah, let's get to okay. Palace. So for me, my Crystal Palace pick is less about who they bought and more about who they kept. Zaha is still there. He's going on strike. Let him go on strike. He'll come back eventually. Is he really going on strike? I mean, no, I, I don't. No. I'm not, He's not, not reporting any news there, but uh, it's, the, it's going to happen eventually. The other thing with this is, so I I have a soft spot in my heart for Crystal Palace. Gary Cahill, super fan. Oh, you know, no, but they they bought Jordan Ayew from Swansea, who should be a good you know backup center forward. Should he? It's serviceable. Look, Shocker's like, scrambling right now on his laptop <laughs> no, trying I, to find some justification. I wanna I wanna say this. For a team that's gonna be is, battling relegation. I, I have this weird personal affinity for Crystal Palace, <laughs> and then 
it's going one step further. I used to justify this as 538 projects them as the number 10 team in the Premier League this Good. season. Who, and do, who does? 538. 538. And so is it going to work out? Maybe not. Am I taking a swing? Absolutely. And I'm fine with I'll it. I'll tell you this, though. I listened to an interview on the BBC with Milivojevic, their captain who nails all the penalties. I know I just slaughtered his name. And he's a proper captain. So they got that going for him. All right, let's go on. We are now at number 12. Connor. Uh, I'm going to go with West Ham. Good pick. I was actually a little, I'm West a little surprised. I, I, feel good, I feel good about reaching for Watford High because I feel like I might have transposed that, uh, that order on this one. Um, you know, I, they started pretty horrifically last year. I think Pellegrini got them back on track. I, getting rid of Arnautovic, I think, is going to end up being a net plus for them uh, because I just don't think that that was going to end anywhere where anyone was happy. Uh, I love Pablo Fornals, the midfielder from Villarreal that came in. I, I, I can't sit here with any kind of authority and say that Sebastian Halle from, you know, is the striker that they brought in. And I, I'm always a little worried that he was very much, they missed out on a couple of top options. So they just kind of went for the next best thing and gave, paid the same amount of money for it. But there's still enough talent on this roster. Um, there's still enough talent in this roster to kind of, to be a really great value at number 12. And Jack Wilshire. And Jack Wilshire. For whatever, Jack for whatever it's Wilshire. worth, the betting markets have them only finishing a point and a half behind Wolverhampton this season. Yeah. Okay, what does uh, 538 say? Uh, 538 has... I can't <laughs> no tell if you're dunking on me or not, yeah. but no, they have No 12. more 538. <laughs> the system's broken. <laughs> Crystal Palace is at 10. <laughs> All right, we're zipping through now. The teams remaining, Newcastle, Bournemouth, Burnley, Southampton, Brighton, newly promoted Norwich, Aston Villa, Sheffield United. Mike, it's on you. Woo. Um, <laughs> I don't like any of my options. Uh, I think that I will go with. Hmm. Damn, it's gonna be difficult. This, this is, is we're like, getting we're getting we're to getting the really uh, we're getting real deep in the weeds here. Um, Newcastle is likely to struggle. I mean, like I think that they they have they've they have a lot of players, but like no good ones except for Sean Longstaff. Which we're is we're in the relegation wanted. zone right now. Yeah, this we're is... in the we're in the relegation zone. Um, Pull you the know trigger. What? I'm gonna go with Aston Villa. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Aston Villa. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, is, and I've got yelled at from taking a reach. I mean, like, listen, everybody, a... everybody is taking a, everybody's taking a reach. Whatever. I think that maybe they're they're bet on spending, you know, a hundred million plus dollars on their promotion. It worked for Fulham. It, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe since you know they spent a hundred and eighty three million instead of a hundred on thirteen new players, <laughs> it'll pan out this time. Um, I think that I realistically. I think they could realistically be, be be better than three other teams in the Premier League, uh, maybe four. Yeah, I'll say I'll say this in in defense of maybe some of the spending. Well, not defense because you know you have to spend the money to. You might as well. Um, and there is just a, I'm looking at who they brought in, and there is just a, an entire starting eleven of just a hodgepodge of players from all over the place. But uh, El Gazi was a player that they kind of they, they players that they they made permanent deals who were on loan. So I think Tyra Mings was probably their highest outlay, um, and he was really, really important to them last year to get to get promoted. And Weller uh was a was a winger from Lille that they brought in on a permanent basis. So I think the other thing I'd say too is just like this is I am the biggest Jack Grealish fan. Yeah, he said we still got Jack table. Grealish. Yeah, and and the, there is something to be said about you, knowing who your best player is when you mm -hmm. go into the Premier League. You're not, you're integrating a lot of new bodies, but you know how you want to play. You know who you want to play through, and you know who your guy is. And I think that will serve them well. Is there an issue with him in that he's clearly not too bright because he turned down a shot at the World Cup to be the 10th best left midfielder on the English national team? You know. What are you talking about? Who are we to judge? He, he made a choice like four or five years ago to represent England rather than Ireland, who we represented at the youth level. Hey, he's 23 years old. Yeah. Yeah, life is long. Yeah. All right. Let's but he wears his socks in a cool way. How many How many World Cups does Ireland realistically have in their, <laughs> in their future? How many handballs are we going to throw in the way? Yo. All right. Honorary Irishman over here. All right. So we are at 14 miles. It's you. All right. Um, I'm honestly a little surprised they're here. So I'm going to go with Bournemouth. Fuck. Um, <laughs> my biggest thing with, with Bournemouth is um, not who they brought in, but who they didn't lose. Um, I sort of figured Ryan Frazier, Callum Wilson, uh, guys like that might be on their way out just because it seemed like. Um, there were top six clubs that were interested. I believe Arsenal at some point were, I mean, it was just rumors that looked like they might've been interested in Ryan Frazier. I know last year at the January transfer window, um, 
Chelsea were reportedly considering Callum Wilson instead of uh, Gonzalo Higuain, and that worked out great for us. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, uh, they're pretty much bringing back the same guys. They also got Phil Billing from Huddersfield, which was probably one of their only players um, who actually uh, can play at a Premier League level. So, yeah, I feel good about this at 14. As an Arsenal fan, selfishly speaking, I, I kind of wanted them to make a run at Nathan Ake. I think mm-hmm. he's a, I think he's a really, really good Premier League level center back. But I, I, I agree because I, I do think they, they make the very sound, they, they do the very smart thing where they effectively just price everyone out of, out of the players that they want. I mean, the prices that they were quoting um, for some of their guys are just were outrageous, and they'll run it back. I think the ceiling is. Probably not very high, but the floor is higher than most of the teams we're talking about at this point. David anyway. Brooks, too, my man. Um, yeah, all these teams that we're talking about are all going to be between like 42 and 50, maybe. So it's kind of splitting hairs a little bit. With Crystal Palace being the 50, right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> so it's on me. It's 15 and 16. Now we're really getting to the end. So I have two picks back to back. As I said, I did very little research. So I'm just eyeing the teams. We talked about Newcastle, Steve Bruce. <laughs> Sean Dyche, Burnley, is they're going to be 40 points, 42 points. You can write that in pen every season. Hassan Hunter. Are you making picks or are you just talking to I'm yourself? Just, right I, think, I think we can lock those in as those are his Thinking two picks. Those are his two picks. Michael Bauman, our colleague, said that Brighton was going to finish in the top half this season. That was his bold prediction. I don't wow. really know why he said that. I get, they just picked up Aaron Moy. Uh, Aaron Moy is going to catapult them into the top into the top half of the table. And then we're looking at Norwich City and Sheffield United who are both probably going down. All right, so I am going to select... Hot corner. Fuck, I just don't want to take Burnley, bro. Like, I just... Take him, man. Make your two picks, I mean, like, this is, it's the only thing that you've said thus far that you're sure of. So. You know what? I, I'm taking Southampton for 15. Ah, I love Southampton. Ah, you know, I'm a Nathan Redmond fan. Uh, I think Hassan Huddle, you know... Is a good good manager. Uh, that's about all I have to say about Southampton. <laughs> all I want to say about Southampton wow. is that I just really, really wish it was like four years ago again and Graziano Pele was just doing weird and wild stuff up top with a, a slew of players who would all very soon after get bought out by bigger and better clubs. Oh, you know what? I forgot about Hoigberg is on Southampton. The dude that used to play for Munich, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like a shithouser. So it's cool. <laughs> See, well, an effort merchant of sorts. <laughs> so, you, so much, you, you might even go so far as to call him an effort merchant. <laughs> Clearly, I'm a Southampton expert, and that's why I chose them. All right, so now I have the 16th pick. It's really between Brighton and Burnley. I don't know if I should be so transparent with, with my thought process behind this. <sighs> go for it. But, you know, Brighton has really nice kits, too. However, I'm going to go against my gut instinct and take fuck. I'm taking Burnley. Fuck! <laughs> so, Donnie's wow. so pleased so with So miffed about... I mean, in Dietrich Trust, he's going to have them, you know... Yeah, it'll be boring as fuck, but it's... You yeah, know, they, I mean, they get points. Right. They still got Listen, Tarkovsky I, and all that. The It'll be boring, but the, the statement from my youth that I think really crystallizes how I feel about most sports is I was a tennis player as a kid, and I tried to do a couple flashy shots, and my coach, who was a very close talker, got an inch away from my face, and he said... I love boring tennis, cross-court, cross-sport, volley, point. And that's why I'm a UVA basketball fan now. I just like really boring things. It's clinical efficiency. Wow. Burnley is boring You're and clinical at right 42 now, points. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I just noticed that Burnley and Southampton are playing this weekend. All right, now we're down to the nitty-gritty. I was, I was about, I was about to, 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 to say something mean, but I'm— you know, I'm I'm trying to be better than I was yesterday, Shocker. Wait, did Shocker just say I'm boring? Yeah. <laughs> Cool, cool. Jeans Shout out. one 800 9797 All right, 17, 18, 19, 20. Let's go. Miles. All right. Um, man, I was hoping you would just skip Burnley because they're boring. They're defendable. Um, I'm going to go with Norwich City. Mm. Um, I, you know, they play like possession-based football, uh, which unfortunately reminds me a little bit of Fulham from last year, but... Um, Fulham did have some bad luck according to the ESPN luck index you know they would have uh, missed the relegation zone if some stuff bounced their way so even though they didn't spend like Fulham they might be a bit Fulham-esque play some pretty football beat some of the other bottom feeders so yeah I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get them at 17 I'll feel good about that okay I have nothing to add to that 
If nobody else. All right, thanks. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number eighteen. I'm oh, sorry, we're like at the end, and I was like half listening, but it was you did choose. Thanks, thanks for City. half listening to me, Donnie. <laughs> You're so smart. I, I implicitly trust whatever comes out of your mouth. Norwich City, wow. Can- Canaries. Um, yeah, you know they have a they they have a pretty good history. They finished third in the in the '93 in the inaugural season of the Premier League era. There you go. Um, that is as good as it ever got. <laughs> I, uh, I was not yet born at that point, so. Well, there's still f- two of the newly promoted teams are off the table, and there's four picks left, three picks left. So, Micah. Wait a minute. Is Newcastle still on the table? They are. They are. Wow. Whatever. Really I'll take Newcastle. I'm really hoping you wouldn't notice that. <laughs> Um, I mean, like, we can talk about it if you want, but, uh... I know that the fans are boycotting, or there's, like, a strong pocket of fans that are... Yeah, it's kind of an absolute mess. Uh, there's, I, I you know, like, I, I, I feel like this is going to be one of the teams that goes down. Um... Well, what about Joe Linton? <laughs> what about Joe Linton? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, you know, we're, again, we are at the end of this, and I, and we're just saying names now. Um, I believe he was picked by at least one staffer in our uh, shoot around this morning entrance survey of guys who are are most likely to bust on their way in. Was that everybody picked him? That was that was me and I think a couple others. Jolington. Yeah, yeah. He has that kind of name that just sounds like a bust for some reason. Yeah, Jolington. He needs a hyphenated Jolington something. Um, The hyphen will do all the difference. Yeah, he's doing a lot of work. The the hype is was visibly sweating. Much like the M dashes in all of my stories. It's doing a lot of work. You know what though? Uh, Newcastle have a damn if I don't know his name off the top of my head. I think he's Czech. The the goal the keeper. Dubravka. They, they do have they a have, keeper, yeah. <laughs> they do have a goalkeeper. <laughs> I think Dubravka is a good keeper. That's you know, shitty teams need good keepers. Newcastle so. have players. I mean Almarone's a good, you know, yeah, Miguel Almarone is a you, is, you have to kind of factor in how much of how many points they gained by having probably a top five manager yeah guys they brought back Andy Carroll they they, they did bring back, back Andy, Andy Carroll oh that's tight United could have used it I mean Manchester United could have used Andy Carroll what a Stop career it. I what mean like but anyway Andy but Carroll like I think yeah but anyway like again yeah they 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 had a top five manager last season they got a huge boost from that and now it's just kind of all resting on whether or not Miguel Amarone and Joel Linton can get along <laughs> um, <Sorry, laughs> alright last two picks uh, so I guess it's Connor picking and you getting whatever he didn't pick, whoever he didn't pick. Mm. I'm gonna go just out of my own curiosity because it's uh, I'm gonna go Sheffield United. Um, I think Brighton was probably a choice to go down last year. I mean they they obviously overachieved. I anytime you look at the team that's kind of being promoted and a lot of their business is coming by buying players from the division that they came from, uh, you're always as a little cause for concern, but. Um, yeah, I'll take a flyer. And then they brought back Phil Jagielka from Everton, who was on Big. their who was uh, on their team, however many years ago. So that's good enough for me. That shocker that leaves you with Brighton, Brighton and Hove Albion. Put some respect on that ampersand name. Let's roll. New manager, Grand Potter. I just I look. They made they they bought Adam Webster from Bristol City, according to this sheet. Um, I know nothing about him. He's a center back who's 24. He's English. Pascal Gross, uh, they have returning Sally March, David Proper. They got some players. I mean, I guess every Premier League team has some players. Brighton, let's ride. As long as you don't get relegated, I'm going to win this damn thing. Uh, justice for Chris Hooten. Just, just, yeah, that was kind of a harsh. You know what? Lewis Dunk, they could have probably sold him for like, if Harry Maguire went for 80 million, how much would Dunk cost? Like, got to be like 50 million at least, 60 million. Oh, one thing. I'm certainly going to butcher this. Uh, Adireza Jahan Bakash. From uh, he's the Iranian right winger from the World Cup, who was basically their entire offensive option. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I loved him in international play. I can't tell you I saw a single second of him last season because didn't really watch much Brighton, but loved him. Uh, loved him on Iran. That super defensive. Yeah, he was kind of trash last year. I think. Yeah. Did did he? How, how much? How much action did he actually see? Let's last find year? out. Anyway. We've been here for a long time. The PPP inaugural draft is over. I'm going to... Do you guys write down who you picked? I, I wrote yeah. down. Okay, so we'll, let's go around the table. First of all, I just want to quickly say I want to revise a statement I made at the start of this draft, which is that I'm going to win it because looking at my team, I'm definitely not going to win it. <laughs> but anyway, let's go in order. Shocker, just read your team names. So I had Manchester City, Leicester City, Crystal Palace, and Brighton and Hove Albion. Connor? Connor has Liverpool, Watford, West Ham, 
and Sheffield. I've got Liverpool, Watford, West Ham, and Sheffield United. Uh, I've got Tottenham, Wolves, Aston Villa, and Newcastle. Micah, are you the one to finally fix Wolves? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to fix Wolves. Miles. All right, I've got Chelsea, Man United, Bournemouth, and Norwich City. So the Drinkwater jersey is great. Team. That's really good. <laughs> That's great and I have Arsenal, Everton, Southampton, and fucking Burnley. Do you feel as good about it reading back? Do you feel good about your choice? <laughs> Think you on know, your sins. You guys said it was a troll to choose Everton. It wasn't really a troll. I just didn't want to take United, but I think that kind of upset the balance of everything that uh, Miles is ensued. sitting here with. Yeah, I do yeah. think Miles looking at Chelsea, United, Bournemouth, and Norwich is probably the betting favorite to win this thing. I'd say so. so Miles, start shopping on World Soccer Shop. Which shirt you want? If uh, if that website that made uh, it possible to gamble on our the Ringer Fantasy Football League. Last year is listening and wants to offer odds on this. I would a hundred percent. That was a thing. That was a thing. Anyway, if you've made it this far into the podcast, congratulations! I'm happy for you. Like I said, we'll be updating with quarter season, mid season, maybe every every week. Who knows? Progress on how our teams are doing in the PPP. Also, Ringer FC is coming back regularly, biweekly, as we did last season. We're going to have a slightly new format. We'll explain that next week. Uh, Mike and I will be here, and one of these guys will be here too, uh, to recap the first weekend in the Premier League. Until then, thank you for listening. Thank you, Kaya. Peace. Peace.